Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast featuring me, Ames. And me, Caitlin. And me, Jake. <laughs> you, Jake. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. And me, Chris. Awesome. We are on episode 64. Woo! Woo! And <laughs> take out your calculus books because we are on When the Bow Breaks and Home Soil this week. Something got soiled, that's for sure. <laughs> hey Alright, I'm very tired today. We'll see we'll see if I can get through this. You got this. Here we go. In When the Bow Breaks, we are on the way to Aldea, a legendary world that people don't even realize exists, I guess. That's why we're going there. Which is why we're going We're going to see if it actually exists. Well, because they picked don't up know. energy yeah. readings or something. And how long are they going to stay at Aldea? Aldea. Ah! Actually, it ended up being several days. Uh, so we meet up with the Aldeans. They're weird, and because they obviously are, they want something. As Troy notices, because Troy notices these things. Do you know why, guys? Uh, is she an empath? She is an empath. What? Holy shit. I didn't know. Oh we're we're seventeen episodes we in, and I didn't know. <laughs> so they want something from the Enterprise, and I'm not quite sure what. The Enterprise. The Enterprise. The Enterprise. Yes. Do they want <laughs> some ketchup with that? I was going to say, do they want some Enterprise with that? Oh shit. Um, is it medicine? Close. Is it? Why are we playing a guessing game? I don't know. Is it, is, it, is, it, is, it, more, is it computers? More harpist porn. <laughs> Ooh. So we're talking with the Aldeans, and they reveal to us that what their world is missing, that they very badly need, is children to carry on their, their culture and custom because they're like an artistic society and that always is a good thing. It never is a good thing. They always go to shit somehow. Mm. And they ask the Enterprise, can we just... Have your kids. We notice you guys got kids on board. Well, some of them. Can we have the good ones? And Wesley. Uh, <laughs> and then, obviously, Riker and Troy and the other one, Crusher, say, no, that's not really how our society works. In our society, we want to keep our kids around because we get attached to them because we're simple creatures. <laughs> <laughs> Too much, Chris. Too much. I wasn't forced, though. Hit hit you with rocks and sticks. And and so they go back up to the Enterprise, and the Eldains just decide to kidnap, like, seven kids, or six good kids and Wesley. Just because. Six and a half good kids. (laughs) And then they ask uh, the Enterprise, all right, so we've got your kids. Uh, What do you want as payment? So the Enterprise says, this isn't what we we decided. We wanted to keep those kids. There is no deal. We would like them back. And the episode for a while just kind of goes on, you know, seeing what the kids are up to because they're trying to learn how to be artists because that's what they're being forced to be in this on this fucking planet. And they enterprise every so often trying to figure out how do we get down there so we can get the kids back? Well, there might be a like, hole in their big security shield. Oh, maybe we can't exploit that. And at some point when they're in their diplomatic conversation with the Aldans. The Aldans say, well, we're going to keep your kids, and if you try to fight us, we'll do something like this. And they blast the Enterprise three days away at Warp 9, and they threaten that if anything else happens, they could blast them away even further to a point where 
if they finally did reach the planet again, their kids would now be grandchildren. So the Delta. So, <laughs> grandchildren. <laughs> so the Delta uh, Quadrant then. Sure. Well, it's about a 70 year. 70 I'm year very trip. tired. Mm. Data and Riker, I think, like realize, oh, here's a way we can get down there if we need to. So they kind of beam down secretly through a hole in their defense shield. Picard and Crusher are trying to convince the Aldeans that your people not being able to have children is actually a big problem. And we realized it's because your ozone layer has been depleted. Who knew that this was going to be a thing? So if our kids stay down here, they're going to have the same fucking problem you guys have. By the way, you're all probably dying. We could fix it for you, or you could blast us away again and keep our kids and still have this problem. What's it going to be? The Eldians pick the latter, but they can't make it happen because Data and Riker have dismantled their device machine that would allow them to do that. So they just decide eventually to make some kind of deal with the Enterprise one of the kids gives them a hug. Something else happens. Picard was just kind of flummoxed the whole time because he really didn't want to keep these children around to begin with. <laughs> so this should have been his fucking paradise. And yet he has, like, fucking Crusher all over his shoulder every five minutes saying, we really have to have Wesley back. You know how much we need Wesley, right? So they get the kids back and the Aldeans learn to try to start fixing their stupid device. The end. I think. That was actually really well done. Yeah. Sort good. of. And just everything with, with that small child trying to be nice to Picard. Oh, that fucking child. And Patrick Stewart's, as I put it, screaming inside face. I loved it. In anyway. home soil, we head over to Valera. Oh, right, sorry, I forgot 3. that was only the first one. Wow, yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually doing a terrible job. No, you're not. <laughs> this is a forgettable episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of was. Yeah, Valera yeah. 3, we're on a terraforming colony, and they're way behind schedule. We're talking with Kurt Mandel, their director, who's like, nope, everything's fine. We have lots to do here. Please let us go on with our work. And Picard won't have any of it. So he says, no, no, we're going to we're gonna come down and make sure everything's okay. And they go down, and they're getting a tour of the space with this terrible woman who could not act her way out of a damp rag. That's not what you act your way out of. Out of a, most, a bag of mostly water. A bag. <laughs> an, an ugly, ugly bag. bag. <laughs> They're on this planet trying, you know, learning all about terraforming. There's an extra, extra long scene in which we learn about terraforming, which we already know because we've seen Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. But what are you going to do? They give us a tour and then they realize, oh no, Melanson or whatever the guy's fucking name was, is getting brutally murdered by a laser device. Oh my God. Whoops. <laughs> His screams were actually pretty terrifying. They were. Yeah, it was that was really a good. good delivery. Yeah, they fixed the laser device that was killing Melanson. Uh, Melanson goes back and dies. But then the laser device comes back on and tries to kill Data. But Data fucks it to death. And <laughs> everything's okay. Uh, Data was fucking hot in that scene, though. Yeah, good when he, like, emerged from the smoke. Oh. Yeah. Like drool. some sort of pale Batman. Ames and I are going to be mm. writing slash porn about data fucking data that laser and to that death. Laser. laser to death. Yeah. Super, super hot. Mm. Uh, they're trying to figure out why this thing like spurted up and decided to start trying to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> decided to start fucking people up. Hey, <laughs> Well done. Um, that was also sexual. They're, they're, they, they come to think either it's been sabotaged or something else is happening because it seems to not. It seems to have been doing it as if through someone's will. It seems to have instructions on how to kill, and that's not an upgrade that is in most Apple products yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Siri, <laughs> terraform the planet. They're trying to figure this thing out when suddenly Jordy and Data spot this glowy light thing. And like moths to a flame, they <laughs> fall in love with it. And they're trying to figure out what is this glowy light thing? The glowiness of it is so bright. Could it possibly be alive? Because all flashlights are alive? I don't fucking know. <laughs> so they bring it back to the Enterprise and they're trying to study this thing. And they realize, hmm, it doesn't conform with our definition of what organic life is. But it seems to be alive. And after a while they realize, yeah, this thing seems to be alive. It seems to try to be communicating with us. It seems to be able to reproduce every so often if it wants to. All the miners on this fucking terraforming planet are claiming they don't know anything about it. Other things happen which seemed terribly unimportant in the entire episode. <laughs> Skip to the point the life form thing lived on the planet which means they shouldn't be terraforming it because if there's already life on the planet you shouldn't terraform it they just wouldn't weren't able to like determine that these things are kind of sort of quote unquote alive does it have to be completely lifeless <laughs> yes yes check off it does so they start chatting with the life form the life form threatens to go to war with them until they realize that the thing that's keeping it alive is the lights are on not even going to start. So they, they rush in, unplug their nightlight, and the, the creature's like, no, no, we're dying. What will happen to us now? We're very enraged. And they say, now creature, we'll turn the lights back on and send you back to your planet if you behave. And the creature's like, okay, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> so they do that. They send the creature back. The creature's snarky the whole time. It calls them giant, uh, ugly giant bags of mostly water. Well, being fair, they call them microbrains, so. They call them microbrains, <laughs> microbrains. And they agree, all right, we're not, we're not ready for your type of life yet. And the life form says, well, maybe come back in 300 years and you'll understand us. The end? Ish? I'm pretty sure microbrain later is used by Q as an insult to Worf. Actually, I think it is. I think yeah. he calls Worf microbrain at one point. And he calls Picard micropene. Rude. Oh Meanwhile, Worf is just like, thank you. I am beautiful and mysterious. Mm. But yeah, that's so that bow, bow breaking episode. Better than I thought it would be. Considering yeah. it was yeah. full of children, I expected like another Miri or another yeah. When the Children Shall Lead or whatever the fuck yeah. that one was. Well, it wasn't too full of children. It was like. The children was, were like, still miserable, especially that little girl. That little girl oh, was really little shit. Red shit. A little redhead shit. You know, they didn't have to talk much. Shit too. That's right. They didn't have to. They didn't talk too much, which I think helped. Mm. I thought Harry was good. He was fine. He, he got he got was... there. He started off, you know, insufferable and well, yeah, because he was being a little brat who didn't understand and appreciate the good life that he had until he it was all wrested from his little grasp. Didn't understand Doesn't how much it power always seemed to go. Jake. that you don't know what you got till it's gone. Jake is fired. They paved paradise, and put up a parking lot. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I don't know what that's from. It's yeah, a you song. Can splash him with because this water. Don't it always seem to go? Just throw it in his face. What you got to it's gone. They paid paradise. Put up a parking lot. Yeah, like honestly, they the... paid paradise. Put up a parking lot. The way you were delivering it, I almost felt like it was something that Shatner had done a spoken word version of. And if he hasn't, him. he should. I could see him doing one. Um, I could too. See, I, I I have to admit though. I mean, Harry was annoying, but at the same time, speaking as someone who detests math. Yeah, I can see not wanting to do calculus. Also, he's like eight years old. Damn, Why right? is he doing fucking calculus? This is like it's the future. And that's how smart everyone is now. I think that's just what they call playing with blocks now. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? So they show that, yeah, they want to say, oh, yeah, the kids are so smart that I can do calculus from their age. Which is, A, stupid, because I think part of, part of the problem there is that 
you can't just teach a kid calculus. Like, you need the foundational concepts. Oh, he took pre-calculus last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it was like, also, like, I also don't think... Same time. I mean, I don't know, maybe there's learning beds in the future, and... and... Oh, like in Brave New World? Yes. I was gonna say, like, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, but sure. I was thinking that, too. That's honestly where I got it. I was actually wondering, though, if people are living longer, does that mean that their age of maturity is later, and therefore, actually, you wouldn't take pre-calculus until you were, like, 20 years old, not, like, 14 years old? So you'd think, but it seems like you still enter the academy at roughly college age by our standards, like, 18-ish. Yeah. I mean, they're living longer, but it's they're not, like... I don't know. It's an interesting question. Because, I mean, you've got the weird... So the thing is, what you've got is, on the one hand... Like, you can almost argue that even with our society. Like, we keep the same sort of educational system we've had for quite some time now. But we live longer, and societally you could argue that the age of maturation has continued to shift. You know, children were expected to be ready for more things at younger ages once. Like marriage. Yes, and children and jobs. And then, you know, sort of, it's gotten to the point where by and large, most, at least in America, most decent jobs require at least a bachelor's degree, if not more. So, like, yeah, it it is, it is an interesting question they never really address. But then there's also the issue that generationally, and I mean, for all that we're making fun of it, stuff we learn now at, like, younger ages, like... You, we, di- I did, you know, have pre-calc in high school, which wouldn't have been a thing, like, probably 50, 60 years ago, except for, in, like, an exceptionally gifted program. So, like, maybe saying eight-year-olds are going to do calc is a bit Well, but it's 300 ridiculous. years in the future. I mean, yeah, maybe not, but... because, like, even from, what's a good example? I feel like I learned about fractions in, like, fourth or fifth grade, yeah. something like that. I know kids who are... Why do you know kids? Ah, family and shit. <laughs> I know. But... Like, kids are already starting to learn fractions, like, a year or two earlier than I learned it, so... Yeah, but there has to be a point where, like Jake was getting at, is, like, you can only give so much of the foundation so quickly. I think they're skipping stuff. Like, we don't learn cursive anymore in school. Well, so it's they fucking can, pointless. Because they, so they can just swap that out with fractions. Because they're like, well, we got this whole fucking hour a day with the kids. Let's just start something else. I learned cursive in school. Oh, yeah, 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 so did we. Yeah, me too, but, but no, you don't but kids anymore. These days oh, don't. really? They don't at all? I think they probably teach them to sign their names, but, like, even oh. even that, people aren't going to need much well, longer. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, how will they write a check, and how, how will they... Who writes it? How well, will they read writing, if you don't know... Well, because who writes? You type. Yeah. Yeah, but I write cursive sometimes. Oh, see, that's First. interesting, because, I mean, I've, again, I learned cursive, but... I mean, my handwriting is abysmal regardless, but of the two, my printing is kind of legible <laughs> to other people. Yeah. My cursive would be a fucking disaster. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can, I definitely print better than I write script, but, yeah. you know, I think it's really more convenience and speed. It's faster. That's why you type instead. That's what I would do. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that that is why they're not teaching it as much in school, though, is because, like, even handwriting, not cursive, just normal handwriting, isn't that isn't that common anymore. Like, when I was in college, sometimes kids weren't allowed to bring laptops to class, and now I think it's, like, the regular. Like, people just take notes using computers. Yeah, I think if you tried to stop laptops in class nowadays, yeah. it'd be a revolt. You know, a guy I work with who has a daughter, I think she's 15? Teen, I want to say. I think so. I think she's in high school. Mm-hmm. I was telling you that they require you to have a laptop. 
That's wow. classist. And yeah, I was gonna say, is it a private like, school or? Do they provide them if you don't have one? Well, that's why I don't know. Like, mm. I'm trying to figure that out because I'm like, how the hell? Like, and like, because he was like, try, he was trying to price out buying a Mac, which is oh, like never a good the idea. more expensive, like the most expensive option. Yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking like, man, a lot. Of, there's probably a lot of people out there that can't afford a decent laptop, let alone afford a Mac. Like, yeah. Well, where's he? Where's he? Well, I think they're from. I think they're from a an upper scale town yeah so that's the thing like there it just doesn't seem as weird because but i remember like when i was a kid and i was a kid and, and certainly when you were kids as well like they would bring out the calculators like they were like school-owned calculators mm, yeah and they would like bring out and like those little caddies and mm. everyone my, my actually my high school required me to own a ti-83 which i thought oh, was yeah. frankly a big ask oh yeah me too by because they're like 125 bucks or something crazy. something yeah something like that. yeah i had to get one for one of my math classes and it's like oh we use the function algebra. button once in the entire year and mm, oh it's wow such a waste. no guys you have to figure out you got to make parabola with your with your fucking i mean again I, again i'm the wrong person to ask i do genuinely detest mathematics mm. i understand its usefulness but i don't want to have to personally deal with it yeah i was really good at math i've forgotten all of it basically Oh, I, I mean, by the end of... Like, if you give me two numbers, I, can't, I can barely add anymore, so... I can only do that because my job needs me to. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, that was childhood. But, yeah, the, the point, the point I think, is that even if, you know, the age at which... Because I have to... Children today that I have encountered are way smarter than I was when I was a kid. Yeah. Were you a dumb kid? No, you are a I smart I was a dummy, kid. yeah. I, had, I was, you know, I was a pasty but <laughs> uh, was <laughs> I've seen you. That's <laughs> true. No, I don't know. I just I feel like maybe it's just because like rich people have smart kids, but kids that I've encountered, they just they're like they seem smart. They seem like they know more shit. Well, I think it's because of how technology has developed, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's true. Because like you know. I don't know. I'm pretty I... sure I can take most kids. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not saying they're smarter than adults. I'm just saying that I think four children, may, and Caitlin might be right that it might be related to technology, that, you know, because yeah, we had we had pretty fancy technology when we yeah. were kids. Yeah. You know, we grew up with computers around. Dial-up yeah. internet. Yeah, like, even if we didn't, mm. ha- like, have as much technology as they have today, you know, I know fr- friends of mine who have young children... The children know how to use the iPad. Oh, iPads and iPhones. And it's like, it's like man, that's some really it's complicated insane. shit. But then I'm thinking back, it's like, well, yeah, but we were using, or I, you know, we had the... I used DOS. Yeah, we no used DOS. No kid will ever have to use DOS. Yeah, so that's a point. So, so like, suck on that, you little we bastards. We used DOS. We used, you know, those fucking Apple IIs where you had to put the disc that's in the thing, and is, type is of we, thing. We didn't grow up... We did grow up with computers, but not in the same way. Like, we can all remember when... We remember the era of the computer becoming a normal household appliance. We remember when computers were shitty. Yes. Yeah. I actually more or less always had a computer in the house. Yeah, so did, so did my family, but I think we were... But they weren't ex- any good, we, right? we, Yeah, we were the exceptions because I think my aunt and uncle had computers and, like, they gave one to my parents and that's how they ended up. Yeah, and I mean, certainly for the socioeconomic area I came from, most of me and my classmates, like, we wound up with one at one point, but it was like a hand-me-down from a better-off relative. Yeah. Who had gotten a better computer. So we had one, but it was a few years behind the curve. And that was really the case for me until I was in high school when we bought our first new 
like family computer. Mm. And that's actually the first computer we had, the one my, my aunt and uncle gave us, interestingly, was a TI computer. Oh. I didn't know they were full computers. So, the, so the, it was the computer, you can look this up online, it's called, the, it was the TI-99-4A. Huh. It was like, a, basically the form factor was a keyboard and it took cartridges kind of like a... Um, Commodore, kind of like a Commodore or an Atari or a Nintendo, but it had a keyboard. It hooked up to your TV. Okay. And it had like all these other like little accoutrements you could add to it. One of them, it had Basic, the programming language Basic on it, so you could write little Basic programs, Mm -hmm. and then to save them, it didn't have any permanent storage. Didn't have a hard drive or a floppy drive. It had a, a audio jack. You plug it into onto cassette tapes. A cassette tape, and you record your program onto a regular Maxell cassette tape. Okay, and then play it back. That is a lot like a Commodore. A Commodore sixty four. They ran spectrum. on tapes. Yeah. Yeah, like it's so there. That there was a whole slew of these sort of keyboard only computers, and I, they sold them in the states, but they were huge yeah, most in nineteen eighties. UK. UK for gaming, mm. like especially because the Nintendo was prohibitively expensive there. So the first Nintendo, they had it, but it wasn't as big as these other things, especially the ZX Spectrum, the Commodore 64, the... Um... That's, what they, that's what they call it, though. Like, anytime you ever hear about the ZX Spectrum, they always call it ZX. And right! It's a, it's a ZX yeah. Spectrum, that's isn't it? Zed to you! So that, that's... The person I am thinking of who reviews him is an Englishman, so he's always called it that. Larry? Uh, I was thinking of Ashens, but Larry as well. Huh. It never occurred to me that it must be ZX Spectrum. I always forget it was spelled out Z, but yeah. Mm. Oh! Ha! Huh. But yeah, it's actually a video Don that Bridge I can share of, of a guy reviewing a bunch of these different keyboard-only computers. And yeah, they all used, like, audio tapes. Some used cartridges, but most used what, what we think of as an audio tape. And they would run they would run a game off an audio cassette like Nintendo would use cartridges. BBC actually had a line of computers. The BBC Micro. Yeah. Yep. BBC, like the British Broadcasting yeah, like, Company. Is that actually what it stands for? Broadcasting Company? Yeah. Corporation, I Corporation think. Corporation or whatever. So, sorry, we're, we're, we're quite a ways in. We yeah, barely... it's an interesting tangent, but it's weird as Well, we, it's, it, it, at least it's related for once. You know, we were talking about, you know, the likelihood of a child knowing... Pre-calculus. Being taught calculus at eight or however the hell old Harry was supposed to be. We assume eight. He was probably about ten. Yeah, maybe. Is that how, how little ten-year-olds are? Yeah, it's weird. Ah. So, anything about the episode proper, though, since we've spent mostly talking about child-rearing and our youth? It was good. I liked it. Um, I was creeped out by the old guy that adopted the little girl and was like, play my magical oh, yeah. Simon piano. He was a toucher, man. He was really old as well. He was, he was like old, 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 old. No wifey, like nothing. Or, or where husband. He, where he's, where the, he's teaching her the little how to play bop it. And, <laughs> and he's like, flick it, <laughs> but, but like, oh, it, like if you just it. heard the audio to that scene, it would be really disturbing because he's like, hold it a little tighter. Yes, just did like I, that. Did I break it? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, did I break it? No, no, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, no. Why did it get all soft? Oh no, she, no, oh, it's okay. awkward anyway. Oh, this episode also, as we were discussing, not to. Change the subject from creepy. No, do. do I am. Uh, the special effects were shockingly good in this episode. There were some really good ones. Yeah, when we saw the what was that? The big computer device. The thing big at computer the end? thing that if, again that, big that was computer either tunnel. Whether it was forced perspective or Mac or what, that was yeah. super well done. But it was a cool good. model. It was. It was great. And um, there was the bit where I was going, like, "Oh God, here comes some '80s CG." Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, that actually looked pretty good. Like, like I find it, it it's 
it's so much better from 1988 than the shit that we got as like redos in for TOS on Netflix. Like, mm. but you said it had been remastered. Does that yeah, mean? Yeah. So what we're watching? So well, so what does remastered actually mean, Jake? Because I have often said the word remastered and don't actually fucking. So in, in the, it, I think the de- the actual definition kind of varies, but generally it means you go back to the original recorded mediums. Mm-hmm. So. Like, the, for, in this case, the actual film. For the actual film, or, like, when you hear, like, audio being remastered, they're going back to the original audio tapes. Sure. So they go back to the original recorded medium. They recut it. You know, like, when they're making an edit on TV, they cut it together. Yeah. Uh, so they recut it. They recomposite all of the special effects. They yeah. do a side-by-side comparison. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I again, I don't know. Um, but yeah, basically, what they do is they just take the original. They basically re-edit, recut the episode shot for shot using the original material, and then and take out all of Wesley. Take out all of Wesley. <laughs> you know, sometimes they fix things as well. Like if there were, you know, bad ADR. Oh wait, no, they didn't fix the bad. Yeah, ADR. Oh, God, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. Um, What's bad ADR? That's when. So when they fail, you know, obvi- awesome. most of the time they try to use the on-set audio, like what oh. people. Yeah, but yeah. obviously in this episode, they changed the name of the planet yeah. between shooting some of the scenes and the actual shooting of the rest of the scenes. Yeah. So there's a the, during the cold open, they keep talking about the planet, but nobody's mouths are, saying, are saying what it is. And it's obviously recorded yeah, it's so over. so bad. Do we know what it originally was? Uh, um, it's online somewhere, I think. But either way. Somebody knows. Um, what they should have done in for TOS was made the CG shots look like models. Yeah. Oh. There's a sh- they kept it like stylistically yeah, consistent. Yeah. consistent. I think it's, it just they just stuck out too much. There's a there's a Why web not make series. New models? Is that more expensive than oh yeah, mo- shooting models is incredibly That's expensive. Wild. Oh well, it's it's not just because a it's building the yeah model. building oh yeah yeah and then doing like very very specific film camera models. shots and lighting stuff. And you once you have the model in the computer I, you just yeah CG compositing is like super easy no hmm. I mean not to diminish the skill involved comparatively comparatively to to doing model like that's why some of the movies that that did a lot like Star Wars in two thousand and one are very impressive so what it, we need is to create an actual Enterprise and just film that yes good. Do we actually think, too, that people who actually specialize in, like, making models like that are actually in, like, smaller quantities and higher demand as well because of the shift to CG? Like, do you think it's one of those holdout things where there's, like, you know, half as many people doing it as they used to? So far fewer than half. I mean, yeah. There's a lot of people doing digital design these days. Although, apparently, the new, for all its failings, uh, the new Blade Runner apparently used a shitload of models. Hmm. Yeah, I think it's just a lost art. Yeah, you know, I think there's probably still a lot of people doing it. Probably pe- either a people that did it back in the day that are still in the business, or like people who were enthusiasts, enthusiasts, yes, like, that are doing because you're not going to make because no filmmaker, no film company is going to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars it takes to do model shoots when you can do CG. When you can do CG. So here's the it's question: kind of Yeah, as as of recording. Uh, we're in this period where you know by the time this goes live, who knows what will have happened. But in there's, a couple of weeks, World War Three. There's there. Oh, possible. So there's a lot of talk going on right now that true. Quentin Tarantino is in heavy talks to write this. and direct the next Kelvin timeline film. 
You think he'd try to convince them to go to models for his Star Trek movie? Because I feel like if anyone would, it would be him. Could be. Because he loves his old-style filmmaking. More importantly, how will he work his foot fetish into this film? That's true. That won't be that hard. So, as you pointed out, the dude on the planet later goes on to play Samuel Clemens. He does. In uh, later episodes. So I, 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 How did we just tie this back? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Why not? So, yeah, about this episode, I remember when we realized it was, you know... I feel like the title was was a mistake. When the bow breaks? Because it... Well, because you know, we're sitting there, it's like, we need something from you, Captain. Shouldn't it, it be like, called Robin it was the like, Cradle? Oh, it's the children. Oh. Because that's from that whole nursery rhyme. I mean, admittedly, it wasn't too long of a gap in the story between... Isn't that nursery rhyme about... Babies dying, but it's about children either way. So I was like, they need children. Okay. I mean, when the children shall lead was kind of a giveaway. True. Oh, sorry. They do that. Um, but yeah, I I remember saying like, oh god, we're the wrong people to review this episode just because we're like, oh god, it's children. Yeah. Every every time Picard had to interact in a way that was either with one of the children or in favor of the children, you can tell how uncomfortable his character was. And our reaction was like, yeah, yeah. Extremely same. Like, yeah, like I think I think we're fine. Just leave the children. In fact, take the rest of them and we're good here. Bye. That was that was Picard's only problem. It's like, but they only took six and Wesley. Well, take the rest. Wesley is worth ten other children <laughs> in terms of headaches that I get. <laughs> I, I would say what, what I loved about this episode was how, like, the fucking, what's his name? What was the guy's name? Who was in charge? Oh, did I write his name? I don't Ragu. Know. Ragu was in charge. <laughs> I was thinking that too! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I don't understand why you're so attached to these kids. Like, you can I just make you? more, right? It's, you know, like, it's like, yeah, but you want them really badly, so do you really not get it? Or, like, his what's name going was Ragu? No, it was, Red, it was Ragu. Oh, because it was Ragu. Like, you could make the joke, yeah, too bad his wife wasn't Prego. <laughs> I love it. That was great. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, episode. I'm guessing that this fell ran a little short because I feel like we spent a lot of time getting back from mm. far away. There was a lot of watching Wesley trying to corral the children on the planet. And like a lot of hunger strike yeah, and a lot of like watching Johnny them, Jesus. watching them unleash their magical Art baby powers. powers. Like I, I've got to admit, though, this was. As far as a Wesley-heavy episode goes, Wesley himself wasn't too annoying. Yeah, except for the fucking dead read he does on every single line. Like, did the directors just not try? Because I feel like every line he has is like, No, Alexandra, we're not eating. This is how we tell them we're not happy. That's true. He has done better deliveries. Like Wesley, what the fuck are you doing? Some directors, I think, can't direct children, Mm. and but he was like, he he's he also you can't write for him either. So there's nothing really to do with it. He's halfway to real humanhood, though. He's like probably actually sixteen. Well, well, yeah, but here's the problem though. They kind of they see they want to keep him. They want to keep writing him like a child, but they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. If they started writing him like an adult, and some of the m- much later episodes, you know, after, like, Will Wheaton leaves the show, more or less, he mm-hmm. becomes more of a, uh, he's still on the show, but he's become a recurring a guest. Recurring guest. Oh, he's man, much, when does that happen? Much, I can't But wait. he's much better at that point, because they're like, oh, well, he can be an adult now. We don't have to write him like a five-year-old. Yeah, jeez. Um, but... Can we talk about the little girl, the little redhead annoying girl? Alexandra. Who somebody was like, oh, we're going to get, like, her aunt or someone gave her a pet Tribble, and she just, like, shook it until it died, and then she's just, like, playing with the oh, corpse God. the whole time. She's that kid from Finding Nemo. Yeah. Who's also she a redhead. She shook the bag. Who also, like, 
instantly clung on to what's her name down on the planet. Like, oh yeah, yeah fuck my parents. Rochella, I love this I lady. Mm. Sure. What a yeah, terrible name. He was a creeper. Like here's here would have been a much better solution. Like a well, we know that there's a whole so. We'll get to the the actual problem in a bit, I guess. But the mistake that the Metrons made—not the Metrons—the <laughs> Metrons are in the next episode. The Aldeans. The Aldeans. Yeah, the Aldeans. The mistake they made with their plan was instead of bringing down already hatched children, <laughs> they should have asked the Enterprise crew to come fuck them to death. Well, to just like, can you donate us some eggs from your females and some? Sperm from Riker, and we'll make a bunch of children. <laughs> Riker's got it, got it, just all over the ship. You know, so that's like, all set. Like, <laughs> just scrapes them off the wall. <laughs> just like they're, they're, you know, they're mythical space Atlantis. There are people if they just sent out a signal, like, please come move to our planet and have families here. Yeah, you're probably. But again, then you don't have an episode. Well, but also. Eventually, though, those people would just keep going sterile. Well, yes, but the people sending the signal were, didn't well, realize they've already was going done on. that. That's why you can't have artists in charge of your science. So the whole problem ended up being ozone depletion. Yes. Which I find... Heavy-handed. Well, yes, especially, like, I guess in the 80s... Oh, God, yeah. Ozone depletion was a huge concern. I mean, in you not the remember? the 80s. Oh, yeah, I oh, absolutely. It was, I remember, kid, it was yeah. all, like... Oh, my God. That as far was, as I was concerned, we were not going to have an ozone layer by the year 2000. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Oh, Australia's already gone. Well, fuck, yeah, yeah it's done down there, so... <laughs> exactly. How are things down under? Now, crikey, dead. Yeah. It's covered radiation. I mean... Have you seen those And that's snakes? not to say that global warming hasn't turned out to be real. It just turns out that ozone depletion wasn't really part of that problem. Well, but didn't didn't ozone, didn't ozone the ozone layer start to regenerate, though, because we made changes? Yeah, yeah I mean, it was... It was it, because we're using less CO2... Sulfur. I mean, that's the thing. It's not that it wasn't an issue, but we did manage to kind of curb it, which yeah. is nice. It just, turns out, it just turns out that... Oh, sorry. No, no. Uh, it just turns out that it wasn't nearly as big a problem as Dr. Crusher makes it out to No, me. that's true. <laughs> well, it's because we all learned the power of recycling, reducing, and reusing. Mm. But yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I remember that t- that time period, and it's, I mean, it's heavy-handed, yes, but that's what everything was doing then, was well, we're not going to have an ozone layer soon. And there's precedent in Star Trek, the whale episode. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk about heavy-handed. Yeah. The whales are going to be extinct in 23rd century, mm. and they probably fucking will, because humans are terrible. That's true. So, but, yeah, I mean, it turns out they bet on the wrong horse there, but at the same time, this other planet, maybe their ozone layer, once it's gone, it's gone. Oh, yeah, polar bears are going to go for Stop. earlier I than can't, back, so. I can't, I can't even talk about it. Like, that picture, the video, I'm like... Yeah, I saw I some I, I saw the. I just saw the photo, I didn't watch I the video. I fucking cannot. Um, Sorry. So yeah, if they really, if they wanted to do, if they were doing it today and they wanted to do the ecological message, I feel like they would have gone with global warming. Global warming, you know, they, that's somehow killing their sperm. Yeah, the the it cook, your the balls. Me- well, you know, you, you know, clean hum, your coal, hum, everyone. Human clean testes have an <laughs> optimum temperature. That's why they dangle. Yeah, that's why they dangle. And why, no, they, and why they crawl? Yeah. No, it really is though. That's. Yeah. All in what way? When it's cold, do they grab? They, do they? Yeah, they shoot pull out legs and yeah. No, like when it's cold, crawl about. they constrict yes. so they get the heat. You know, I didn't know that was referred to as crawling. But they, but I just well, crawling get, up your ass too so hot. Cold, I don't know. If they get too hot, they'll cook them. You sunny yeah. side up your eggs. <laughs> Got to go to a hot continent, Jake. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Overall, though, I mean, this episode was. <laughs> Dip my balls in the toaster. <laughs> <laughs> They're done, honey. <laughs> Despite the sheer amount of children, 
Yeah, Which I, was, there were that many. There were seven. But I think That's there were a more in more in when the children Miri and here, yeah, there was way more in them. But they didn't oh, talk Miri too much. I liked the premise. I mostly liked the execution. Again, I feel like Picard is still on point as to what we expect Picard to be. Overall, I actually really basically liked this one. Yeah, me too. It was another solid mm. episode. I wouldn't say I liked, but I didn't hate. I did think for a second that Wesley was going to try to talk a computer to death. Yeah, that would. It was uh, exciting. I'm glad it didn't, but yeah, you know that was an undeveloped plot line. Was the, com- the custodian? The, the yeah, custodian. admittedly. No, no, they unplugged it. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it could. I mean, I, I, I kind of felt like <laughs> I was getting a Landrew vibe. A little bit, oh, me little too. Bit. And then they didn't. So I don't know. Well, yeah, it wasn't because that wasn't so much that it was controlling their society malevolently. Mm. It was just they were too stupid to question it. It wasn't that it was stopping yeah. them. It was the savior machine. Yeah. Is the whole idea that, like, oh, when you... Wish upon a star. When you... No, when you have... Uh, when you give up your self-reliance and go on what a computer tells you to do. Yeah. Because that's why... That's presumably why they were able to... Like, it was implicit, I thought. They never explicitly stated it. But they were talking about, like, how have they not noticed these flaws in their security? Mm. Easy. They're not looking. Yeah. The computer they're, needs they're busy, maintenance. They're busy making wood... wood Dolphins. Yeah. And it's full of malware. Someone yeah. needs to defrag that shit and get yeah. some... That's actually pop-ups. And... Who downloaded Bonsai Buddy? <laughs> Not to mention all the heart porn. Yeah, so oh, much so heart much. porn. They, they opened a spam email that their grandmother got by popping onto the wrong Damn Facebook it, page. Like happens with my grandmother like three times a year. She'll, <laughs> get, she'll get a duplicate account fucking trying to add all her friends and I'm like, you gotta stop fucking clicking on things that are bullshit. Ugh. Uh, so, yeah. Um, does anyone else have anyone on this episode? Mm. Not really. It was definitely the better of the two. Oh, oh yeah, no Yeah, Soil doubt. was pretty forgettable. I will say, uh, as a big old James Bond fan, I was super excited to see General Gogol there. In the, the next one? Yeah, the, the head of the little terraforming operation. I was like, why do I know that guy? And I looked him up, and he was a recurring... He was never a villain, per se. He was he was the head of the KGB, mostly, I think, through the Roger Moore era, which was made, you know, during the 70s when sort of detente was kind of going. So it was presented more as kind of an almost playful rivalry and not we all might nuke each other tomorrow, like it had been in the 50s and 60s. Mm. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, for me and Jake, as you pointed out, uh, you know the the sort of almost Bond movie level computers in the terraforming HQ. Yeah, what was up it with was that? distracting. Yeah, set designers, what were you doing? Saving you, money. Yeah, seriously, because they really just had this very old, old analog look, and it's like these look shittier than some of the computers that were in fucking TOS. It feels like uh, the the classic issue that we have like in theater and stuff that you can have it good, cheaper, fast. Mm. <laughs> there was a uh, yeah. There was like a giant radar. There was thing. that was weird. That was like something Maybe really Spectre were. would have in their <laughs> HQ. Well, yeah, like I said, yeah, the, the the computers, the radar, the giant model of the planet. I was just waiting for Gurgle to be like, and now it takes the nuclear cards. Yeah. Again, not that they actually played that part in Bond. Every but... volcano on the planet explode at once. <laughs> Holy shit! The world is doomed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's talk about what's her name. Yeah, really. I don't. I did not. I did not take down her name. None of us did. She was fucking a gorgeous. Bad. Oh, sorry. She was attractive. I was too busy was right. being distracted by her. Like, the way I described it, her listeners. Her lack, lack of acting or lacking. Yeah. 
Oh, well, that sounds too much like lactating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a little too close. But the way I describe it is like, okay, all I can figure is Roddenberry saw this woman giving a tour in a museum, wanted to pork her, and was like, let's give her a part, maybe I can fuck her. Because her delivery, especially during the like explaining terraforming oh scene, God. was like, and now over here you can see our display. Fucking, no, too what's much. her name? You're giving too much. That was already too much. <laughs> what's her name giving the tour in Star Trek Four was doing better. Oh, that's true. Over here... You will see step two, which includes water. Whales. Quiet, George and Gracie. Are you scaring yourself a little bit right now? Tiny bit. Yeah. <laughs> the episode itself who's afraid of whales? was Weirdo. kind of... Porter did it better. Yeah, yeah, it was a similar thing. And also I just felt like it was kind of the same issue we had last week with uh, Too Short a Season. Where they The didn't old have... age makeup was terrible. No, no, yep, they didn't have one. enough plot. <laughs> So they kind of had to stretch it out. Yeah, mm. it feels like there was lots of talking to the light. Lots of talking to the light. Looking I don't know. I, I did love ugly giant bags. Oh, that was amazing. Water. That, that was, was fucking amazing. Great. And then they did me like, no, no, you guys are. Yeah, that was even better. That's kind of that's that, kind of true. That's an app description, sir. I, I wrote a, a comment and both last episode and this episode. First was Troy is useless as always, and this episode was more Troy being being useless. Yeah. Uh, the character's name was Louisa Kim. That oh, that's right. She was played by Elizabeth Lindsay. She was Miss Hawaii in 1978. The following year, she made her television debut in an episode of Fantasy Island. Was she starring, shitty in that? Starring Ricardo, Ricardo Montalban. Montalban. Yay. And uh, what's his name was in The Man with the Golden Gun? Uh-huh. The, it, the, the who? The guy that played Rourke's sidekick. Who's, uh, Tattoo. The guy that played Tattoo. Like she's had a pretty substantial career. Maybe she got huh. better. Maybe maybe television. Maybe when, the director was just bad. Again. When they like, learned that terraformers are often obsessive, maybe she <laughs> did not understand mm. that she should have a personality. I love that. That's insane. <laughs> this uh, this weird, like, oh yeah, they're all kind of borderline crazy. I'm sorry. What? Like they're Scientologists or something. Yeah, really. You know I mean, like, oh, they're a weird cult. They... Want to make planets livable. <laughs> they're, they're crossfitters. What did you find, Jake? In 2010, she received the Visionary Award from the United Nations for her contributions in intercultural engagement and understanding, including her work with the Dalai Lama and with Islands First. You just delivered that with about all the passion and expression that she ever did in this episode. Well, ma'am. But good if, for her, she ma'am. She found her true yeah. calling, which yeah, was same. helping the world. Yeah, if you're listening, we appreciate your... your Philanthropic work, whatever the hell that is. Efforts of all kinds. Uh, we apologize if you mean about your acting, but go back and watch this episode. You weren't very good. Yeah, they wow. did try to like say, okay, maybe if she cries about how the crystals are dying, then mm. she'll have some personality. In that yeah. one scene, her acting was better. It just didn't match what her she face. was supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah, she was kind of grinning. And she could do a lip quiver like no one else. Yeah. <laughs> As I said, when I Google, Google. Google. What was his name? Kurt Mandel. Mandel and uh, Picard were arguing in the ready room. I was like, ooh, they're having a bald off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I felt like this episode had a lot of shades of Devil in the Dark. Mm-hmm. With the non-organic life form. And well, that wasn't non-organic. It was just silicon-based. Yeah, but organic means carbon-based. Does it? Does Interesting. It? Organic, organic is specifically carbon? Organic refers to... Organic compounds refer to carbon-based compounds. Huh. So all produce is organic. All produce is organic. Delicious. In fact, a lot of things that aren't natural, so to speak, are also organic. 
Wow. Is what a that. fucking racket. Yeah, well, it I mean, the, the organic food movement has really co-opted. I mean, yeah. I what they're saying is we're not using... The organic food people would say, oh, well, our whole argument is we're not using synthetic chemicals, pesticides. pesticides, things like that, which... And now no GMOs has been tacked onto that. Who fucking yeah. cares about GMOs? Yeah, GMOs people are idiots. I want but honestly, GMOs. the organic, the, organic the argument of the organic people is also flawed um, mm. in that they, they're they only talking about strictly... Like, think about it this way. They're saying, if you buy this tomato, it's organic. It is not... We did not use any pesticides and we did not use any artificial fertilizer mm-hmm. right that's i mean those are the two things like so, okay so pesticides we pooped ourselves right. all over <laughs> the so first of all without pesticides Yuck. the world would starve because yep. pests would eat everything so yep. okay anyway next thing the the oh we only use natural fertilizer which means what manure right really shit yeah. so where do you okay but that's fine manure's fine it's yeah full, full of good stuff so, only the tannins hate manure mm-hmm. so now the question is okay well, where did that manure come from well it came from a beef farm, perhaps? Hmm? Okay, well, what? how did you get the beef? Okay, well, well, we had the cows on the farm that, you know, were shitting. That we probably and what are they GMO eating? corn. Which yeah. we probably, again, then you say, okay, well, what did the cows eat? Well, they yep, ate yep. corn, which may or may not have been GMO. We don't know. It was almost certainly GMO corn. They're but not going to give them non-GMO but it's corn. But it's There's an endless cows. cycle. Eventually, it's all going to end up yeah. with... Non-organic. It's yeah. going to end up with, because well the okay so the well the cows at our beef farm are only fed organic corn. Okay, well what about the manure that you use to grow the organic corn? Where did those cows get fed from? Eventually, and I've gone cross. It's non-sustainable. That's yeah. it. Organic yeah. farming is non-sustainable because for every acre of organic farmland, you need hundreds of thousands. Well, hundreds. I mean, you need exponentially more acreage. Yeah. To create unless the manure to fertilize the organic food. Unless, like Ames suggested, people who are only eating organic food are the ones shitting all over. It's that's also crops. possible. So if you're if you're farming at home, if you have a home garden and you're sh- going out and shitting in it and <laughs> You have, probably shouldn't. I'm gonna call the police. <laughs> <laughs> then, then, then you are then you are A OK. <laughs> you're in violation but, uh, of the law. Isn't there like an algae based manure or something that those people who are doing like those like oh in case the world ends I got my crazy shed full of fish <laughs> that are technically in the and the fish are watering the plants and the plants are watering the fish yeah. in some weird that crazy way. Cool. At the end of the day, you it's there's going to be some outside influence, and yeah. even if you even if you do have, and that's the thing, like, well, or a lot of people be like, oh, well, well, this organic farm is is actually legitimate; it's been certified and reviewed, and da da da. It's like, okay, great. Well, how many people is that organic farm feeding? Well, Five. how many? Like, the question is, how many people per acre? Because here's the thing: the in on the planet Earth, we are already using most of the arable land. We do not have any more land to farm on. Nope. Oh, don't worry. Once all the ice melts in Antarctica, uh, we'll have plenty left. No, that's true. And that, and so that, coupled with the fact that the population continues to grow, we're going to need GMO foods. That's we're probably gonna, have the, the Aldians had it figured out. Yeah. Or, eating, eating organic yep. is a fucking white privilege issue, in oh, my yeah. opinion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the yeah, fact totally. that it's the people that generally would do it are going to be liberal people who probably would not view themselves as, oh, you know, 
Uh, yeah, it's it's kind it's it's a bit little hypocritical. It's very hypocritical. It's like, listen, you can afford to eat organic because you live in the richest country in the world, yeah, and it doesn't matter for you, yeah. But do not fucking bitch and moan about organic farming and Monsanto and so and so and all this shit. Because yeah, the big corporations. Yeah, I agree. Fuck those big corporations. At the same time, need to feed the fucking planet. Yeah. We're going to need golden rice. Deal with the devil. We're going to need fucking wheat that can get the yield, better, bigger yields on the same amount of land. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading a great article about farming and I want to say the Netherlands and how they just have like gigantic like city-sized greenhouses that are enormous and they provide like i think most of the tomatoes or something in the world wow um just because they they have like everything down to a science over there how (laughs) sick of tomatoes are the people in netherlands here (laughs) that's another thing we're probably gonna need vertical farming eventually right yeah because we are running out of horizontal land but yeah. with hydroponics you can go you can yep, yep. stack things up but you but here's the thing about well like greenhouses as long as they're open you know as long as they're powered by sunlight yeah but a lot of greenhouses a lot of hydroponic farming the energy needs for True. hydroponic farming is are enormous yeah so that's another aspect is and that's why we need terraforming mm-hmm. so hey. we can just turn the moon into a farm no. well, here's another, or the light side of the moon here's another problem Mars with, then with no, organic no, farms is both sides of the moon get light. Oh, there yeah. isn't a dark side of the moon. That's right. We just there's, there's, there's a, a far, sign there's that there's a far side. There's a far and a near. Yeah, one one side always faces us. Yeah, this is this isn't what Mercury is the one that doesn't actually oh revolve. right. It, yeah. it, well, it, the moon is tidally locked to the Earth, but the moon does revolve around the Earth. Yes. yes. So it, so all sides of the moon do face the sun. Yes. At one point. But there are planets that only ever see one side of yeah, the sun. Yeah, because it's like rate of rotation and its rate of orbit are such. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, um, but yes, terraforming. Terraforming. And angry Boring crystals. As hell. That was a funny part. Like, could this be inorganic life? Do you do you guys forget a few weeks ago when a giant crystalline entity tried to eat you? Pretty sure that wasn't organic, but it seemed pretty alive. And, yeah, I mean, it's, this is not the first time we've encountered inorganic life. No. And it even won't though, be the last time. Yeah. And the Horda, you know, inorganic, apparently, which, you know, thank you for correcting that, is still, like... Yeah, but I think they could recognize it. Like It, like, was, it, this, was, yeah, it was moved. It was more obvious. It was obviously yeah. a life form. This, they had to, like, prove that some fucking microscopic hoodily what's it was, in fact, alive, which, it, you know... So it was still unique. It just wasn't as unique as they were trying to make it out to be. And also, just but in the fact that... I don't know. It was just dumb. It was a micro brain. <laughs> it was a stupid micro brain. I mean, it managed to almost take over the ship. It was very smart for a micro brain. It was. Yeah. So what did it do? It hacked it in the computer. Or Basically, something? yeah. Holy shit! What a fucking oh, revelation! Everything hacks its way into the computer on the fucking Enterprise. They need because some fucking better. I mean, again, they the, need better fucking antivirus. IT is terrible in the twenty third, twenty fourth centuries. I'm just and the twenty first like, century. Frankly. Somewhere in the, the lower decks of the ship, there's like the help desk. There's <laughs> just, you know, just a bunch of guys drinking Mountain Dew and having Cheetos and just like do- sitting in the dark. Uh, Hello, Enterprise help desk. Have you tried oh, turning, turning it, it off, off and on, on again? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so did you did you actually install the alien into the computer? <laughs> did so? Did the tentacle go into the socket? Fuck. One went into the socket, one in, went into Riker. Whoa! Riker's okay with the one in him, though. Whoa! Okay. It's consensual. I feel like he'd be into it. Tell me exactly what you told the holodeck to make. 
Okay. Oh. Does he God then, damn it. So does he then fall in love with the technical monster? This just That's made me think of something, know. right? Right. I should have brought this up in the Galaxy Quest episode, but I'm only thinking of it now. This is two episodes in a row where we're going into the Wayback Machine. Can she, like, like when Tony Shellhub and, what's her name? Liara? Tony Liara. get it on. Like, so you think, like, while he's doing, she's also got one up in his ring piece, and it's like... Oh, anyway, I'm sorry. Sure, I'm you sure. just love Why to say ring piece all the time on this podcast. Because tentacle monsters and... Yeah, also, like, but, and honestly, ring piece... That's fine, but we know where the real humor is when referring oh, no. to an anus. Oh no, I'm sorry, <laughs> I caused this. <laughs> anyway, I don't eye. have much or bronze eye or bronze eye. I like bronze eye because it sounds like it bronze eye. I hope that made it in, Chris. I don't remember. Um, what episode was it? Do you remember? It was the one that aired this week. He said, "But um, oh, really? We have to listen to it." Week. Uh, anyway, yes. Yeah, Data, I don't know. Is, Data is great at dodging lasers. He Mueller. is. That's oh, and also which, the lasers didn't seem that fast. <laughs> it looked so bad. Like could it you, didn't. The little left at least and fast right. forward it. Like that's what I was like. Yeah. It, it just like at least make it look like he has like superhuman speed, not just like whoa, whoa, like. But you were right though. You too. I think you've said it earlier. But like him emerging from the smoke. So he's hard. just like. Playing. Data sex machine. Instead, our alternate version, the door opens and it's just him next to the, like, lying next to the destroyed laser smoking a cigarette. He's trained in many, many <laughs> techniques. <laughs> Do you think ah! after he fucked Tasha, he, like, asked the replicator for cigarettes? And she's like, what do you do? Do you smoke? He's like, well, no, but according to everything I've studied, this is traditional Aww, post-coital action. Data. Um, picture, like, Data smoking a cigarette. It would just run and yeah. Run down he immediately, puts, one he breath. He puts a hundred bucks on her bureau. <laughs> no! <laughs> I understand this is a nerd custom. It's a hundred quattlers. Excuse me. Glad you could mansplain that to me. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, Aww. it's not a bad episode, aside from that woman's performance. Mm-hmm. No, it, was, it wasn't it just, great. It was, it was so thoroughly much, boring. There was so much padding. Like, the yeah. long expo- expository scene telling us about terraforming. The long Ugh. expository scene looking at close-ups on a fucking light switch. True. Good, you know, Picard speech at the end again, though, you know. Yeah. Very Picard. It's like, look. He's look, getting Picardier. We've made peace. <laughs> now let's still be friends. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. He's like, oh, I, I understand. It's okay. Yeah. It's, I, I very specific. They'll come back in 300 years. Yeah, yeah, it is oddly... Uh... I hope they mark their calendar, because yeah. if, oh, if you don't, that's rude. That reminds me. It's true. Cameo in this episode, the engineering ensign, mm-hmm. as I discovered when looking up stuff online, was the woman who played the Metron in Arena. Sweet. Which one's the Metron again? The weird sort of blonde hair. The glowing, the glowing, the glowing pretty untucked. boy. We are looking at Jake's poser to... Uh, she looks like one. a weeping she, angel. She's the one that broke up the fight between Kirk and the Gorn. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. That I, was see, I thought that was a, um, um, an a, a male actor. Oh, yeah, I thought so too. But well, so, I think they may have overdone her. The glowing, or, I'm sure. Or futzed with her voice, because oh, yeah, I feel like it was, was more sort of Yeah, a la, a la the binar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the Telosians. They do mm-hmm. that a lot. They, they decide, let's have the actor, have the character be played by a woman, but make it a male voice, so yeah. that it's the future? I don't even know. Aliens. They, how the fuck do they work? Um, hmm. I, I, I hated the terraformer uniform. 
It was very ugly. It remember. was dumb. Yeah, they had they had. I liked the, the, the buttons. The I, I liked I liked flap. the flap, but I didn't like the fact that for some reason, like a quarter of the uniform is just a completely different material than the rest. It was weird. Uh, That's we how had, I feel about jackets with those weird patches on the elbows. I just see no point to that. Yeah, I think it's well. The uh, theory the uh, theory behind it is that. It keeps the elbow from getting worn down if you lean on your elbow a lot. I want that Because that my patch knees. is usually like suede or leather or something. Oh, yeah, I know. So I just think it looks stupid. I just think it looks dumb. Yeah, it's fair. I'm not saying it's not useful. Just that would be good on knees, actually. They must make workers' trousers that do that. Right? Like the in- insides of, of like uh, the thighs the size on jeans and that stuff. Would be from, so that they well, you wear. can, you know, you can actually like get reinforced. But you definitely I make. Do that. The thing is, like, I've seen them before, but I think they're for riding usually, the reinforced thigh trousers. Well, like horses? I'll have to start riding, apparently. Fair enough. You'd look cute in some little rider's pants. Thank you, Kate. boots. With a little hat. Ooh. In a little riding crop. Mmm. <laughs> oh my, this has gone places. I think they need a bit alone, Jake. You and I want to go, I don't know, what the hell do men do alone? I don't even know. Touch dicks. Touch dicks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I don't get um, to say that as much in this uh, series. So. Well, Wiker will, Wiker will get there. Don't the, worry. The, the, the guy, the other terraformer with the uh, cleft in his chin so deep, I'm sure he was hiding drugs in there. Mullet Mark Hamill? Yeah. What the fuck? He had way too too much party Mm. in the back. You need a fucking haircut. You need to stop stealing people's shit and stick it in your butt chin. A lot of people seem to have (laughs) too much. Like, I mean, I said it ages ago. I thought Wyatt Derp there had too much party in the (laughs) back. I didn't say I think last week, but I thought Jameson's hair was too long in the back. Oh, his... It was just the look in the 80s. Yeah, it's terrible. I know. Mullets were a thing. I just... Ugh, I don't like it. I'm sorry. The hair, the clothes. I Ugh. can, I can, I can, like, I like, I like the ponytail. Uh, it's is fine. It, is it, a is man it worse than man okay? bun? No, uh, I, don't, I don't mind. There are some man buns that, that look bad, though. Yeah, if the guy does it like a sloppy shithead, but that's, the same can be said about women. Like, when I used to pull true. back my hair, it looked like a fucking hot mess, that's why no, I cut no, it all off. lovely hair, Kate. Oh, you're lovely, thank you. I've seen men who can pull off long hair, I've seen men who can pull off ponytails, I've seen men who can pull off the man bun. But I've never seen an elephant fly! But I have never <laughs> seen a man that's good, Kate. that didn't look like white-ass trash with a mullet. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, white-ass trash, yes. A mullet and makes no you No look... one can pull off a mullet. Uh, no one. One. Exception. Mm. Two people I can think of. Okay. Butnick and Salute Your Shorts. No. I had a huge thing for him when I was like 10. No, he still looked stupid. No, he was, it was great. Yeah, I haven't... Mullet? I thought he just had long hair. I feel like he had kind of bangs in the front. Yeah, he was kind of Budnick? But, Budnick, Butnick. I don't remember. Sputnik. Sputnik. Well, who was the second one? The second one, so my uncle used to play... So my uncle is only like 13 years older than me, and when I was like five years old, his like friends would come over after high school, and I had a crush on one of his friends, and I have found out in looking at old pictures that that man had a fucking gigantor mullet. It was huge. I think you might just have a slight white trash fetish. I mean, you are from New Hampshire. <laughs> I like how you whispered that. There's a movie I watched once where, like, they were talking about how so-and-so's mother would, like, whisper things that were meant to be, like, you know, that you shouldn't talk about it. She <laughs> was like, did you hear about Deb's mom? Cancer. <laughs> and that's what it felt like you just did. You're from... Sure. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty embarrassing. I know no, someone, kidding. someone from out of state recently told me, you know, oh yeah, but you're a, you're, a, you're a masshole, and I was like, no, man, I'm a transplant from New Hampshire. They're like, yeah, but you've been here long enough. I said, not to the natives. 
No such thing. <laughs> no such thing. Most of the natives have been gentrified out. It's fine. Of course, mm-hmm. you, of course with New Hampshire, you can How never go back. Exactly. Right I was say, if you're, if like, the, the, the true native mass hole is a massive racist. <laughs> I mean, that's true. the native New Hampshireite is not much better. No, well, that's no, true, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying, like, like they're listening to, you know, AM talk radio. Yeah. Ugh. I've lived here my whole life, but I'm... Generally not too racist. You came out pretty well, and also you don't have the accent. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Not a trace of it. Jake slips into it every so often. You know what it is, I think... It's when you're around your father. Yeah, well, it's, it's when you're around other people with the accent. It's it's like... It's mimicry. I'll it's do em- it. It's empathy. It's, an, it's, a, it's, empathy? A, it's a trait of being an empath. Jake, I'm sensing something. I'm sensing I'm you are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that's where you went. I was hoping that's where you were going. That's where I went. Um, I got there. We're no, there. I was actually I, uh, who was I? I was listening to a uh, Lawrence O'Donnell on the ra- like on a radio show recently. What's a Lawrence O'Donnell? Sorry, Lawrence O'Donnell is a Senate aide, but he, he's most famous for being a television writer. He did a lot of writing on um, The West Wing. Mm, he's cool. a pretty famous guy. He's done. He's, and he, so he's done a lot of writing, but he was also involved in politics during mm. like the Clinton years. Mm-hmm. But he's a he's a Boston guy. But he's you know so he's obviously he's very well spoken. But he was talking about how oh whenever he goes home he just like immediately falls into that and like he's he's like old Boston Irish like mm. from Southie. So oh he's, God. he's like oh yeah yeah it is so racist. Like I'm very lucky that you know I I somehow avoided falling into like that potential risk of being. Everyone's a little bit racist. So. Well, it was a little bit racist, but at the same time, there's there's well, a little there's bit racist, a, and then there's and then there's South Boston Irish. You know, there's, there's well, think about uh, there's some native Bostonians that like kicked the shit out of that Latinx homeless person. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's everywhere. The only difference between the South and the North, really, is that in the South they're willing to call you a whatever to your face, and up here we're kind of like no. Love you. As soon as they're gone. Oh, did you see that? Yeah. As soon as you're at the at the fucking bar at the Knights of Columbus. Yeah. Yeah. The good old Knights going to a time, isn't it? So we like. When I was in college, I used to go home for visits because New Hampshire has a very slightly different accent than Massachusetts. Not much different. But I would come home and I'd be talking like from New Hampshire, and my friends were like, "What the fuck is wrong with your voice? What are you doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean? Like you sound weird." I was like, "Oh, I fucking don't know. I was with my people. This is I. We just fucking talk this way. I don't know." Mm-hmm. So I would come back and my accent would be really thick. Nice. But nowadays it only comes out when I'm swearing in incompetence on the road. <laughs> I'm like, "What the fuck are you doing? You're fucking killing me. Go the fuck back to New Jersey, you motherfucker." It just comes out. Or Rhode Island. That was a really Rhode Island. That was a really bad example of my my totally real Boston accent. But... I just start shouting in fake Italian. <laughs> you do. You do. The Bellagio. Oh my god. This has been it. Mass Hole Corner. <laughs> uh, to be fair, Jake, at least from your surname, I'm guessing you are Italian, I so have, I have it's a permitted. Italian in me. <laughs> right now? <laughs> It's a whole sub. <laughs> it's a whole sub. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I think it's time to wrap up. Oh, Ames is oh, a good one. Show Jesus over. Christ. Oh. Game over, man. Game over. <laughs> oh, he died. All right. We had to make sad, Jake. Uh, all right, so I guess we're done here. Um, <laughs> good segue, Jake. This was, this was a star to steer by, I think. Um, <laughs> 
Next week we'll be talking about two more episodes. Uh, Wesley almost goes all the way in Coming of Age. <laughs> and we uh, Worf almost goes all the way in Heart of Glory Hole. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In whole of glory. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, oh, wow, Jesus. man, we're we're f- quickly. I was gonna say fastly. Is that a word? Fastly, yeah. <laughs> we are fastly approaching the end of season one. These are episodes nineteen and twenty. So wow. how many is it? Twenty three? It's twenty four. Maybe even be twenty six. Season one was long. We're gonna be running another Romulan soon. Then. Yeah, we'll get some Romulan action. We're gonna I get a bitch some... about their makeup. We're going to get some good stuff coming up. But yeah, next week will be interesting, and we look forward to sharing it with you. As I said, this has been A Star to Steer Her By, and uh, you can find us on Facebook. If you search A Star to Steer Her By, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, all the great podcast websites. Uh, If you do, please subscribe to us and give us a rating, five stars or above, and a review as brutal as you want to be. And uh, you can also find our Tumblr uh, and our Twitter feeds at SSHB Podcast. Again, we occasionally post crap up there, so check it out. And also like and subscribe on those feeds. I think that's all I got. <coughs> so with that, my name is Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Ames. And this is always Caitlin. See you later, bozos. <laughs> What? I was gonna say, I was gonna say, when you sell Wesley to the Aldeans, make sure you get a receipt. Oh. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is in heavy talks to write this. and direct the next Kelvin timeline film. You think he'd try to convince them to go to models for his Star Trek movie? Because I feel like if anyone would, it would be him. Could be. Because he loves his old style filmmaking. More yeah. importantly, how will he work his foot fetish into this That's film? That's true. That won't be that hard. I hope he, um, if that it does happen, I hope he closes the Kelvin timeline somehow. Mm. Because here's the thing that I realized. There seems to be a conception that the Kelvin timeline is a parallel timeline. So I, I like some somebody online was like, oh, well, no, you don't have to worry about it because you know everything that happened in our show still happened, and it's just a diverging timeline. No, line. but that and literally I'm, can't have happened. They like actually destroyed Vulcan, where some of the episodes and things. Well, the idea. Happened so the, and stuff? it's this is the same problem I have with Back to the Future. In Back to the Future, the first one, mm-hmm. it is a single continuum. When Marty goes back to 1955 and prevents his parents from kissing. He starts to disappear in the photograph, and then eventually, or his siblings disappear, and then he eventually starts to disappear. Total cock Single, single continuum, right? He changed something in the past, and it has affected him in the future. However, in Back to the Future Part Two, Biff goes back to 1955. Old Biff gives young Biff the book. Young Biff changes the future. Marty goes back, doesn't start to disappear. He remains completely intact. And in fact, there's presumably a second Marty in. Biff's 1985, so you have multiple timelines. Yeah, he's probably, Biff mentions that he's supposed to be at boarding school in yes, Switzerland. Exactly. Presumably that Marty is there. And Doc, when he's, when they're in the lab, he even explains on the blackboard yeah. that there's two timelines. So that, that's what I mean when I say single continuum and diverging timelines. Star Trek is well established as having a single continuum. 
because in City on the Edge of Forever, mm-hmm. when they go back and change, when Bones goes back and yesteryear, say, yeah, and say, yeah, exactly, and yesteryear, when they deal with the Guardian, basically, they go back in time, they change the past, and shit outside of the protected area around the Guardian gets fucked. Yeah, right. Single continuum. Also, we haven't gotten here yet, but a little tiny spoiler yesterday's enterprise something Mm. changes in the past affects the present single continuum they have to restore the Mm. timeline myriad examples of this also you know tomorrow is yesterday they had to put the pilot back you know yada yada yada. but there is a multiverse well there's two we know there's two universes well no well more because there's that episode again mild spoilers where parallels yeah like sees Thousands. Yeah, parallel. Season seven is fanfic. <laughs> um, so point is, people are like, "Oh well, Kelvin is a is a multiverse because they want because they're wishful thinking, and yeah. because old Spock isn't affected." But regardless, so but I would prefer since we've already established that Star Trek is a single continuum, I would prefer it if we could close out the Kelvin timeline by somehow preventing yes. the initial, the destruction of Romulus in the future. And here's how I think Quentin Carantino could do it. Quentin, if you're listening, I hear it. You can hire me. It's fine. You can contact us on Facebook. Start to steer her shit by con, got con, start to steer her by. Anyway, Quentin, give me a call. Um, can I call you Q? Here's how, here's how you do it. And because and there's also news this week Only that, that um, Patrick Stewart would be interested and willing to return to Star Trek. Specifically if it's in the Quentin Tarantino one. Oh, is that true? Okay. Ooh. Well, great. Well, this Ooh. is even better. So, as we know, Captain Picard has a little hard-on for Romulus. Or we don't know yet, but eventually we'll learn that Captain Picard has a little hard-on for Romulus. And he has a hard-on for Spock. They're buddies. So, Captain Picard actually was with, or near, Romulus at the time that it exploded. Now, we know that the that uh, Spock entered the, the singularity shortly after the Narada. Narada, and but he emerged twenty five years later. Yeah, in the past, you know. So the Narada comes out of the anomaly in near, you know, at near the Kelvin. Yep, and has the fight with the Kelvin, and then goes away. And then, like twenty five years later, Spock's ships pops Spock's ship pops out and gets captured Spock's by the Narada. Out. Yeah. So hmm. it stands to reason that if somebody entered the anomaly even a short time later in the future. They would emerge much, much later in the past. Hmm. So Spock, so Picard, trying to a, maybe rescue Spock. I don't know. Trying to do something, flies a ship into the anomaly. He emerges in the Kelvin universe, in the Kelvin timeline. Let's say, and you know the the, the temporal mechanics of this aren't don't completely work, but neither does the Kelvin neither timeline. Neither does any temporal so, mechanics. So it's fine. Whatever. I yeah, yeah. So he emerges in the Kelvin timeline after. Old Spock finds the Enterprise, finds Kirk. They have an adventure. Captain Picard, Captain Kirk together, an actual Kirk and Picard movie like we should have had in generations, but we didn't because fuck Rick Berman and the fuck him. Anyway, um, (laughs) Rick Berman is pretty shit. Anyway, uh, so they have a proper adventure and somehow, and Quentin, we can work on this. Uh, somehow they managed to avert the future destruction of Romulus, thus preventing the Kelvin timeline from coming into existence 
at all. So even before this whole Quentin Tarantino thing came up, there was talk that the story idea for four was somehow going to bring back George Kirk. So okay, even better. Maybe I think you figured out Star Trek. Born. Maybe what they do is they realize well the only way we can because if we if we prevent the destruction of Romulus in this timeline, well then we'll also have prevented you from coming back, and then we end up with a paradox. Oh, loop thing, There's a yeah. paradox there. So maybe the only way to, to do this is to go back to when the Kelvin was destroyed by the Narada using some other form of time travel, perhaps slingshot method, who knows? Guardian. But they take the Enterprise, mm. P- Guardian possibly, Picard and Jim Kirk take the Enterprise back to Kirk's birth. Mm-hmm. They team up with George Kirk to on the punch Kelvin. baby Kirk in the face. <laughs> to, <laughs> you know, the, to punch the Romulan dude and fly back through the the anomaly as it's forming, just like in the not to spoil the season the series finale of this show. They <laughs> fly through the thing. There's an anomaly. It's made of anti-tide. They go through. They repair the sun at Romulus. The Red matter works. They collapse the timelines into one, and everything's restored. You know what? Since this is already turning into ludicrous fan fiction anyway, maybe they go back in time by using the Bajoran wormhole somehow. They use we just Benjamin throw everyone Cisco in. helps them. Benjamin Cisco helps them. I think Jake Benjamin Cisco. <laughs> Jake is like jerking two dicks into his face. <laughs> I don't understand.